So I love this um, chapter. So when I was asked to speak on lessons learned, I was thinking right out of the humongous amount of lessons that God keeps teaching me and takes me on this journey of thinking I've learned something and then going back to it and going, oh, I thought I'd learned that once. <laughs> Sometimes you feel like you're just on this cycle, don't you? Thinking, oh, I've got that sorted. No, I've not. And just going on and on through life in this wonderful adventure of life that God has blessed us with. So the chapter that I keep coming back to, to think of lessons learned, I've chosen this one. 1 Corinthians 12. So the subheading in my NIV Bible talks about the unity and diversity in the body. And don't you just love when you look around, you can see that God has placed us all together as the body of Christ for now. Everybody that is here in this room, each family that is represented that God has brought us together as the body of Christ to say, this is your church family. This is the body of Christ. And I always remember with gratitude when I was a new Christian when I was 19 and I didn't have any other family that, that came to church then, walking into church and just feeling very alone because it always looks like everybody else knows each other. They're all married to each other. They're all kind of like everyone knows everyone and it's all going on. And just the joy and the relief of people looking out for me and including me as a single person as didn't have any other family connections here to actually embrace me into part of the family. I'll never forget that. And I think the challenge for us now, particularly as we're here on media and all this about all the bad news and stuff going on, and with the pandemics, you know, church, it's, there's so much that is constantly telling us, separate, isolate, look after yourself, go in and keep your stuff safe over here. And yet God is always countercultural in challenging that. No, come together, look after each other, stand side by side, embrace the differences and just love each other's complete uniqueness that has called us to be here for such a time as this. Wow. So just look at the people around you and just go, wow. Wow. You're pretty, you're pretty unique. You're pretty unique. I'll keep you in my church family. You're all right. <laughs> so when we have this, I just want to really encourage us that one of the things that's really struck me as I've been reading this chapter, I've been really challenged by the fact that when the Bible was written and we had the letters and we had the books, they didn't have chapters and verses that were then automatically put in. They, they weren't there. They basically had, so this letter to the Corinthians, as Paul had written it, would have been a complete letter. And the chapters and verses are really helpful for us, but they didn't actually even start getting introduced to like the early 13th century when a lovely Archbishop of Canterbury thought it'll be a lot easier if we can find things. And he introduced these chapters, Stephen Langton is called, and which is great. But now it is taken that we are so used to chapters and verses being in our Bible to help us that very often we just cut off and stop at the end of a chapter, don't we? 
I will we'll go, oh, that's one paragraph. Where the So we'll stop there. And I just want to encourage you to read the flow. Read the flow of what is being said in the whole letter. What is it that's being said all along? And I love the fact that in this chapter, the all-important stuff, it was like how we had to stop and listen to what God had given Georgia this morning to just really make us stand. Sometimes we just have to stop and listen what is God saying? You know, we can know verses, we can read them, we can quote them, but sometimes we have to stop and say, what are you saying today to me right now? How is that applicable to my life and my outworking as a Christian right now? So where we have this unity and diversity in the body, we know it. Anyone that's been a Christian or in church for any length of time, you'll have heard this passage that as the body of Christ, we are eyes and ears and feet. And, um, and I had to laugh because there was even... <laughs> I'm just laughing now, thinking about it. But <laughs> when I, Oh, come on, it's funnier than that. You don't even know my joke yet. It's not actually a joke. But when I was a student nurse, like one of the things we had to do was to um, go into surgery and we'd have to assist the surgeons. So there was this one guy who was trying to do, you know, very clever surgeon that was trying to do the teaching. And he got all the intestines out on the table. Yeah, oh, it's just before lunch, I know. But never before has this meant more to me than that. The things that seem less honourable or unpresentable <laughs> should be treated with more honour and more respect. Because I tell you what, if there's anything goes wrong with your intestines, you know about it, don't you? So much as I might say, Amy is an incredible gift. She is such a blessing. I wish I could be and have all the gifts that Amy did. She's not only is she beautiful to look at, she sings, she's so incredibly kind, she's so clever that we can give her people CVs and stuff and she'll go do, 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 and she'll be able to like have sorted it and like send them back. She can encourage, she can look at, and I'm just going, I want to be Amy. I want to be Amy. It's like in the, in the whole list of the bodies, I always think like, I'd love to be an I. I think eyes are brilliant because you're looking at an eye and it's just so, every person's eye is unique. And God sometimes says, no, actually, you're a big toe. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to be a big toe. But if you've ever had a problem with your big toe, you know how important it is. Don't stub that toe without realizing how important that toe is. And, um, you know, we look at this and no matter how many times we can read it, then we walk away and we compare ourselves negatively. Who wants to be a small intestine? I don't see anybody going, that's a great job. I'd love to do that. But oh my word, the function of the body would not work without a working small intestine. It's so important. It's going to take all your nutrients out. It's going to keep your body healthy. I tell you what, the parts that are sometimes seen as less presentable are absolutely vital. And church, we can honour the people that we see serving around us, but wow, we need to be aware that every single person is bringing gifts and skills and talents that we don't have. 
And you know, the least seen are often the things that keep everything going. So let's never think it's anything about this microphone because believe me, we'd be in big trouble <laughs> if we're thinking that's going to start everything. But how amazing is that in the midst of all this, let's look at what God said before he started talking about the value of the body and us having to understand each and every one's incredible uniqueness to bring us all together for such a time as this. Chapter 11 is all about communion. And the Lord Jesus, in the night he was betrayed, he took bread and he gave it. And he gave thanks and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And then he took the cup and he said, this is my blood. Whenever you drink it in remembrance of me, his blood shed for you. Church, I don't think there's any coincidence that as we stop and we think about the price that our Jesus paid, his body broken and his blood shed to bring that incredible freedom and grace and overwhelming love in our lives to then be able to say that every part of this body, it says, in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And sometimes we have to go, well, how does that relate? We have to stop and thank God in remembrance of him and celebrate who we are. You know, we walk away from it sometimes and we think, I want to be an Amy. Why can't I be like that? I want to be that I. And God is saying every single part, every single part. Do you know there is, there is a joy in loving yourself, <laughs> which actually doesn't come naturally because everything in the world around us is always telling us what we're not. You know, we don't look right, we're not the right shape, we don't fit in right, we're too loud, we're too quiet, we have all these things, we get overwhelmed with stuff. And yet God would say, in remembrance of me, let us flow into chapter 12 that you are exactly who you should be. And then it flows into chapter 13, which is 1 Corinthians 13, best wedding chapter ever that speaks about love. So 1 Corinthians 13 then flows from that beautiful body and it just reminds us that love never fails. That love never fails. Do you know, I had the privilege of being with Marina and Jimmy yesterday and praying that verse, that chapter over them, that their love would never fail. But our God, his love genuinely never fails. We've been singing that this morning, that church, sometimes we can go on autopilot and we can join together. But when we stop and we think in remembrance of him, what he has done for us, how dare we belittle who we are in his image? We are made in the image of Christ to be his hands, his feet, his voice, his eyes, 
to go to the places where maybe nobody else goes, to do things and fix things that maybe we have been given the skills to, to see things with the eyes of Christ, not as the world sees, because we need to come back and in remembrance of him. Is it Jesus-like? How I'm speaking, is it in remembrance of him? What I'm hearing, am I just hearing the pain of someone offloading? Or can I ask God to help me to hear in a different way to actually see and hear the pain of what somebody's going through and know that actually, not about me, it's about Jesus illuminating and giving them a revelation that it's all right. Because in remembrance of him, his grace is all we need. And then love never fails. Love never fails. And I think it's really interesting that we often do these, um, you know, in leadership development particularly, we tend to do these sort of strength finder tests or temperament and character studies and all this. But it, they're really interesting for all of us. I think we should probably all do this. And um, it's that way that you can kind of start to understand your own strengths and often you see the flip side and more aware of your own weaknesses as well, which we can be quite blind to, can't we? So there's different books and things that we often look at, and these are different things that you can look into. Are you a strategic thinker? Hmm. That sounds so clever. I don't think I'm that. Are you a relationship builder? Hmm. Are you an influencer? Are you an executioner? That sounds a bit violent, if you ask me that one. Oh, there's other uh, models of this. Are you a sanguine, a phlegmatic, a choleric, a melancholic? There's all different studies on temperament and character, which are really interesting. And I just think, as, as Christians, we need to sort of be aware of different things that are going on. Social sciences do a lot of work and research for us that just help and benefit us as Christians in the church. So we have our psychologies and our sociologies that alongside theology and missiology and any other ology you want to throw in there, do you know, you can just see that God is in all things. All things. There's nothing original under the sun, is there? So they might keep reinventing big words, but ultimately, God is in all things. So we can take these wonderful studies and the more awareness we have of ourselves and our strengths and our weaknesses, the more we can appreciate that, wow, and yet God puts us together like a wonderful jigsaw with all different bits that fit. Church, let's not try to be what we're not. Let's embrace the fact that we can't do it by ourselves. That's why he puts us in families. So I just want to give us an overview of some of these things that you might just actually recognize yourself in. This is one of the models that's a little bit adapted. Um, that's something that I've probably adapted from a few. Um, that's a, one of the greatest philosophers, I think, that has um, ever written. And this character is called Winnie the Pooh. Anybody know Winnie the Pooh? Oh, I love Winnie the Pooh and his friends. He is so great. All right. 
classically, A.A. Milne wrote the book, so we'll, we'll give him a bit of credit there. But these are some of his wonderful, faithful friends that you might just see snippets of yourself in, but how they bonded together as a group of friends along the way is, uh, is quite insightful. So, Winnie the Pooh, he describes himself as a bear of little brain. Maybe, maybe you think, oh, gosh, I just don't get it. You know, maybe you, you're not wired like that. You think, my brain doesn't work like that. But Winnie the Pooh embraced this wonderful, simple life of, and a worldview. He didn't worry about the complexities of it. He had wonderful quotes like this. When somebody is using long and difficult words, help them use short and easy ones. Like, what about lunch? <laughs> Sounds like a minister's meeting with cookie, that. <laughs> it's time for a nap. Do you know, I love that because Winnie the Pooh has the biggest heart. He really does have the biggest heart. So we may think that he's not got much brain, but he literally knows how to make sure that everyone around is okay. That might sound a bit silly saying, what's for lunch and it's time for a nap. But church, self-care is one of the most important things that we neglect. We all need the Winnie the Poohs in our life that when we go in, ooh, and our brains are working overtime and we're trying to fix everything, that they come alongside us and say, start using short words. <laughs> Have you had lunch? Do you need a lie down? Yes, you need a lie down. You know, we all need our friends that are going to get alongside us and say, let's just simplify life for a minute. Have some lunch. Have a sleep. Because very often we're in that, running around like a headless chicken, overthinking, overworking, overdoing stuff that our culture generally stimulates. And we need our Winnie the Pooh friends to say, time for lunch. Best friends ever. Yes, I love a lunch. So one of the things that I absolutely love, so as you know, we have our values on the wall. We have everyone's welcome. We have nobody's perfect. We have anything's possible. And sometimes my brain hurts even trying to get that into reality. How do we make everyone welcome? Because when nobody's perfect, how is that going to work? And then, have I really got the faith that anything's possible? And when you start delving into, oh, it's a bit deep, that, isn't it? It's a bit deep. So I turn back to my great philosopher friend, Winnie the Pooh. What do you say about that? And he says, well, people say nothing is impossible, but I do nothing every day. <laughs> so in all that overthinking, how do we make it work? How does that go on? Sometimes we just got to walk in it. We've just got to simplify the struggles of life to just, ooh, hello. <laughs> and the spotlight is on. It's <laughs> making sure you're all awake. So it's literally that, that rather than trying to over overanalyze, nothing's impossible. Well, I do nothing every day. Just rest in it sometimes. Have some lunch. Take a nap. 
And we all need friends who remind us to do that. Definitely. So Piglet, small in stature and full of anxieties and fears and getting overwhelmed and having to hide behind things because he just thinks like, oh gosh, the world's too big and scary. And we've all been there, haven't we? And feeling like, oh, I'm just not seen. I'm too small. I'm too insignificant. But in the wonderful words of Piglet, the things that make me different are the things that make me me. I think we should all say that, actually. The things that make me different are the things that make me me. Or, in another verse that God just gave us, that we've read, in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. So whether you're going with the 1 Corinthians version or Piglet's version, God's still saying it. The things that make you different are the things that make you you. So embrace them. ER, he was the favorite in our house, big cuddly tie that we used to like carry around everywhere, ER pajamas, all sorts of stuff. And he was, you know, a, a lovely character. Always a little bit on the negative side. May have noticed he was a bit sad, a little bit depressive. It could be worse. I'm not sure how. <laughs> so, Eeyore has his down days, doesn't he, more often than not. What I love about Eeyore and his friends is that his friends don't say, come on, Eeyore, you're bringing the mood down. Snap out of it. Get on with it. Let's, let's all cheer up and bounce around like a tigger. They just, they just check in on him. They just say, come on, Eeyore. Join in. Be with us. If you don't feel like bouncing around, you don't have to. We just want you with us because we care for you and we love you. They don't say, come on, change. They just embrace him as he is. And ER, best quote, after all, I can't complain. I have my friends. Do you know, before we had the, the strap line, it's okay to not be okay, ER had already invented that. It's okay to not be okay. Nothing original under the sun, is there? the great philosophy of Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> so Tigger, as we go bouncy, 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 fun, 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 fun. Quite a few Tiggers in the room. Um, the most wonderful thing about Tigger is I'm the only one. So lots of bouncing around. But can I just say, Tiggers are basically great at masking stuff. <laughs> they can be bouncy, bouncy and fun, fun. But don't assume that your friend who is bouncy and fun, fun all the time hasn't got stuff going deep and needs you to check in on them as much as anybody else. Oh, they're all right. Well, they might not be. They might just be masking it. They might just be very good at hiding through humor, hiding through energy. We all do it. Just keep checking in on each other. Because... Ethan Tigger had a time where, in one of the episodes, he got really sad about the fact that he was the only one. Nobody looked like him, nobody sounded like him. He felt really different from everybody else. 
And he wasn't that at that point of being able to embrace his differences that made him him. <laughs> he just got really sad that he didn't have other tiggers around. And he had to kind of go through that journey to be able to, to come out the other side and say, wow, but look at this wonderful family of friends that I've got. God has placed us in a church family to look out for each other. There are many people in here that for whatever reason don't have birth family, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing in your life, that this is the family that God has put us in. And again, as we are just seeing so much stuff coming, that thing of isolating and running away and keeping our own family safe, that is not what God has called us to do. He has called us to look around and make sure that everyone is in a family. Church, we are called for such a time as this. We have our rabbits who are incredibly work ethic high whatever the appropriate word is they are just so diligent they just don't stop working their carrots are like this they're like obsessed with weeding and making sure that everything's clean and tidy and they may get a little bit bossy if you're not doing the jobs that they've told you to do to make the gardens grow but we all need a rabbit in our lives because they're the doers and the practical people and the ones that make things happen and often provide a lot of the stuff. But even in that, there was this wonderful quote where rabbit was going weed frenzy where he was pulling all these weeds out and then he suddenly had this revelation and he said, weeds are flowers too once you get to know them. <laughs> Do you know, church, sometimes... We, God has put us in a family and a church family and it's okay that sometimes you rub each other up the wrong way and you're like going, ah, oh, I don't agree with that and all that, as long as we come back to the fact that weeds are flowers too. You know, that God has put us together for such a time as this because, in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. So let us learn from each other. Let us see different worldviews, different lenses, different ways of family cultures, of how you've been brought up, how I've been brought up. How do we work that together to see the incredible goodness of God as he brings us together for such a time as this in this place? You know, we have our wise old owl that everyone goes to for help. And I just want to encourage you to say thank you to those that mentor you and support you and help look after you. Let's not just keep going to people to take. Let's, let's make sure that we are acknowledging the gifts of people that are in our lives around us. And Christopher Robin, who had a great imagination, basically, this kid talked to stuffed animals, didn't he? I mean, that's, that's the long and short of it. And the creativity and imagination of Christopher Robin. But I actually had a coaster at home that had um, a, a sentence on it that I didn't even know was related to this. And apparently Christopher Robin has said it in one of the, his books. And it says, you are braver than you believe. You are stronger than you seem. And you are smarter than you think. You are braver than you believe. You are stronger than you seem. 
you are smarter than you think. And this coaster was given me by a lady that Anna mentioned, actually, our lovely Carol Brandon, who, who as um, Anna discussed the other week, um, that is no longer with us. But wow, what a legacy she left in my life, in Anna's life, in other people's lives. We heard about Marjorie last week from Helena and the, the even ifs, the even when things don't quite go how we planned it. What a legacy that she has left in so many people's lives. She became almost like a surrogate grandma to my kids when, uh, when Andrew lost his mum. People that touch our lives and leave incredible legacy. God, we are so grateful for them. Don't ever underestimate the kind words or the acts that you do or the noticing of somebody else around you of how important it is. Don't think you are insignificant and it doesn't matter what you say or do. Your kindness can make all the difference in the world. Because in fact, God has placed you in the body, every one of you, just as he wanted you to be. So as the band's going to come back up, we're going to take communion. And it's so important as we think about this flow of in remembrance of him and all that he did to celebrate. And it may be that you just need to repent for not embracing who you are, your warts and all, because he's sorting you out. You know, we mess up and then thank God that we can have that constant second chance, second chance all the time. That as we come in remembrance of him, may that grace of Jesus Christ just wash over you in such a way that you know how loved and how deeply appreciated you are by others. But more than that, that Jesus Christ has died for you and God has made you to be exactly who you are for such a time as this. Whether you're the hand or the feet or the eye or the intestine or the big toe, oh God, help us to embrace who we are. God, help us to embrace who we are and understand the difference that our kindness can bring. Oh, God. Romans 12 says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor in serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality to one another. Do you know when Paul wrote these words, it wasn't easy. The church has been really persecuted. There is never going to be an easy time where it's going to be, ah, it's a doddle, it's a doddle, always joyful me, always. No afflictions, no persecutions, nothing going on. There's always going to be something. And we need to be praying over our town, over our nation, over the media, because there's, there's just sometimes, there's, there's a real fear at the moment that's battling in people's lives about what's coming, what's coming. And church, 
We are always called to be countercultural. Don't just flow with the fear of what might happen. Let us have the hearts. You know, as Amy and Tom were sharing earlier, that heart that rather than taking their own wedding gifts, they would collect something that they could give out. May we have that heart that we are so overwhelmed with our blessings that the very kindness that flows out of our heart just brings a whole different aspect to the people that are around us. So when people think back on us like our carols and our marjories and that the legacy will be, wow, love never fails. God help us. Lord, as we come to take communion right now, Father, I just pray, God, that you will overwhelm us again with the incredible grace on our lives in remembrance of you, your body broken for us, your blood shed for us. God, forgive us for the times when we just think so negatively about ourselves and we're overwhelmed with the fears and the anxieties. God, I pray that as Georgia had sung that prophetic word over us, that even the darkness trembles, that God in you, we can be joyful in hope and patient in affliction. In the even ifs that Helena spoke about last week, that God, we stand firmly on the rock that is Jesus. Father God, help us when we need to simplify. Help us when we need to just say, nothing's impossible and that's all right because I do nothing every day. God, help us to just know and rest in you that you have got us. May we recognize the beauty in each day, the divine appointments that you give us, and the beauty of being in a church full of people who love you, that God, may we always encourage, always bless, always lift up. In Jesus' name, God, may we be your hands, your feet, your eyes, your ears. May we bring the aroma of Christ wherever we go. Amen. Oh, ma'am.